talking about uh the coronavirus can you talk about how it's affected you outside of we you already told us about how it's kind of slowed down your business but um as far as like home life and you know you going out to the grocery store what has your personal experience been like uh my personal experience with the coronavirus like uh like i stated off camera it's i feel like it's fake news like i don't feel like it's as bad as everybody's hyping it up to be but uh, I, got a, I got a real problem with authority. Like, I really don't like people telling me what to do. Like, I feel like I'm the best judge of character for what's best for me. But uh, going into stores, people getting on to me because I can't be in there without a mask on. When I comprehend science, I understand how airborne sickness is traveled. It's better for sick people to wear a mask so they don't, uh, you know, expose other people to it like it's more beneficial for the people who've been exposed to wear the mask than it is for people who haven't been exposed that are not wearing a mask Mm -hmm. so the fact that i have to wear a mask to come in here and give you 20 dollars to put on pump five that's fucking aggravating you had that at a gas station yeah well uh being military i still have access to on base and gas is cheaper on base and uh when my wife gave birth to my baby a couple days ago it was on base uh over at fort stewart so i did deal with that it was really aggravating especially the fact that how just inconsistent they are with the rules and regulations like when we first showed up at like 2 a.m it was hey wash your hands do this now if you don't have a mask we'll provide a mask which i appreciate it because if you're gonna give me some type of rule that says I can't be in here unless I follow these standards at least provide me the ability to meet the standards. So, but then I came back in because I didn't have anybody to take care of my dog. So I was driving back at uh, two or three times a day to take care of my dog and then go back to take care of my wife and the new baby after he was born. So all that, but I noticed it was different people on shift in charge of guarding the doors. There was, if you don't have a mask, we can't let you in here. Then... 12 hours later it's if you don't have a mask we have a mask for you then at other times when it's really slow it's hey you must wash your hands then after you wash your hands and dry your hands now we got to give you hand sanitizer but then if you show up in the morning when it's like the flood coming in with everybody showing up to work everybody has to uh you know come in and get processed through here but they're all like you know hey there's a big line it's gonna take too long for everybody to do this so just hand sanitizer is good and then it's at the same time there's a blood drive going next door there was some lady coming in and out every five minutes and they told her hey because you've been in and out of here so much like just you're good just make sure you use hand sanitizer before you come in and out of the hospital yeah so it is very inconsistent yeah so it's just I, I agree with that like i feel like i i wouldn't say so much that it's fake only because i know personally people who have passed from complications to coronavirus but i do feel like it's very inconsistent in how we approach our like safety against it. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me either. Which, uh, to dial this back just a little bit, rewind, I have a life model I live by. But that was it started when I was in the Army, which, um, which I was a staff sergeant. I was in charge of like different things. But I have this model I live by that if you don't know more than me, you need to shut the fuck up and listen to what I have to say. But 
If you do know more than me, I'll shut the fuck up and listen to what you have to say. So it's all like, you know, take advice from the tower. Whoever knows the most is the one that's in charge of this situation. But the thing about this coronavirus that I've noticed is there's a huge inconsistency. No one really knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., we don't have any real proof like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to do. Everybody's freaking out. But if you, uh, like, push on the map, you know, left a little bit, or I'm sorry, right, you'll see France. France has this, uh, has this theory that nicotine, there's, I listened to this story, I was a little drunk, I'm not going to lie, but the gist of the story is nicotine is the cure, something about the chemicals you get from when you uh, ingest nicotine, either through smoking, dipping, or just the patch, or the throat lozenges, anybody likes Nicorette, that's what I use when I quit smoking. The little throat lozenges. But anyways, no no shout outs. We're not sponsored on this, I don't believe. <laughs> but uh, as far as that, they believe something, some chemical imbalance you get with nicotine coats the, uh, it dumbs down the coronavirus strain itself so that your antibodies can actually legitimately attack it and, you know, defend it for your body's worth. And then there's other, uh, I want to say it's Sweden or Finland, something like that. They've decided it's vitamin D. Yeah. Which is why uh, high vitamin D tolerance, something like that. That's why men are less likely to get it than women. But then there's another thing about its UV light. Uh, that's a study I heard from. That's like 101 different theories. Yeah, but it's yeah. everyone across the board worldwide has all these different theories on what's the course you need to take. There's other studies about blood types. There's other studies about race, about who this and that, blah, blah, blah thing I've noticed most is me personally, I've only met one person that's had it. This whole pandemic that started back in March, it's now towards the end of May. I met one person that had it. They said it was like the world's shittiest version of the flu vaccine. They were able to just still live their life. They had an annoying cough, barely. So me personally, I don't have any real experience to it, but I also live out in the sticks. Social distancing isn't really a problem in the lifestyle that I live. Like, my yeah. closest neighbor, I, I, my yard is like three and a half acres, which anybody that doesn't have any gist of that, it's about the size of a block, which you can fit a lot of fucking people on a block. But where I live, that's not a problem. Like, it's just not at all. Even when I go to my side job, mm, excuse me. Uh, my side job, still even working, which on the job site that I work on, there's about 200 people there daily. But due to the differences in the jobs and everything we have, I'm only in close proximity to one person 90% of the day. Like, it's just, that's what it is. So my personal experience, which I live in Savannah, uh, work out of Savannah, Georgia. People that live down here think this is a big city and everything, but if you've ever actually like traveled in your life at all, you've gone to New York, anywhere in New Jersey, uh, Los Angeles, anything like that, you know that like this is the sticks. Like no one lives here, even though we have like a, I want to say Savannah's got like a million people, maybe like one point two million. A million? Oh, dude, good, have I'm you ever actually like have you ever actually traveled through Savannah? Like, I wish I had the, like a like <laughs> off the beaten path, quote unquote. A, a, yeah. a screen guy. To yeah, there should be a screen. Like, hey, pull up that video. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, That's gonna that. come on next season. But yeah, Savannah's not that uh, populated. Even though for me personally, the type of life I live, Savannah's got way too many fucking people. I don't want to be here. But the type of job that I run, the type of clientele that I try to you know offer to, I need. 
not backwoods people to pay for. Like my ideal client base is someone who hears the price tag of ten thousand dollars and they're like, "Oh, that's it, cool." <laughs> Hold it, <laughs> yeah, ten million though. It's, we're well, at, ten thousand, not ten we're million. We're at one hundred and forty-five thousand eight hundred and sixty-two. Oh, so, so like almost one point five million here. Which, Wait, no. Can hey, we pull up the stats? Chatham no, 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 no. County, but Chatham County, wait. Yeah, that's Ch- that's the county. Yeah, Chatham County is at 289,430. Well, I mean, Savannah's got a lot of uh, tourists, everything like that, Tybee Island. Like, I don't know if you've ever been on Tybee during Orange Crush. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, um, oh Man, that's not my, my scene. My bad. No, I've, I've gone. Wait, when is it normally? I don't know. Like, I now? It's summertime. I no, yeah. it's like usually like spring break ish, whatever, uh, but. I don't know. I've been once. It's overrated now. It used to be a thing, like, for real, for real. Like, an organized thing. Now it's just, like, a bunch of, like, kids just go out there. I mean, it is what it is. They want to go out there and hang out. Okay, but... but, Yeah, but see, I'm the type of guy, like, if I I, I go out to Tybee Island, which is really a small town, like, a small town beach, if you've ever been to, like, any, like, legit beaches. Like, I've been to Venice Beach, Mm -hmm. which is cool as fuck. If you ever had the chance to go to California, please visit Venice Beach. Like, that's just dope. Yeah. Just the whole experience, which right now is probably the worst time to do it, even though it's probably <laughs> the cheapest to go. I seen the videos like the cops going crazy over there. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was there, dude, it was a bunch of uh, dopers, which I went in the winter time, so it was kind of like you know slow down. But like, uh, I'm a huge fan. Which anybody who's watching this on uh, YouTube, you do YouTube videos, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody's watching this on YouTube, you'll probably see me and see that I'm a I'm a big ass guy, not in a healthy way. But uh, back in the day, <laughs> he said not now. Oh no, not at all. I gotta make clarifications to people because my my body weight, my body fat percentage has been up and down over the past ten years. There was a one point in time where like I was legitimate trying to be a bodybuilder. I was maintaining six percent body fat, which for my build is not a good look. Mm-hmm. Like I had an eight pack, but my rib cage stuck out about six inches over my eight pack. It was not a healthy look. I looked like a fucking meth addict. But with you know with all my teeth. But uh, I do follow bodybuilding. I follow World's Strongest Man. Like I, I love just pushing how far the human body can go. Which I don't even care about steroids. Like if you need a, if you need to take steroids to be like you know peak physical condition, by all means do it. I just feel like there should be a steroid uh, class and there should be a natural class. But now you know that's a tangent. I'm not gonna go that deep into it. But uh, Venice Beach, California. I saw Muscle Beach. I went there, um, which watching uh, the old movie Pumping Iron. I don't know if either of y'all have ever watched that. I'm familiar with it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie, especially if you like working out. Like you know, Arnold's the hero, Lou Ferrigno's the villain. Even though Lou Ferrigno's like one of my idols, a uh, little backstory into my life. Um, I've always been a big guy. Never been that healthy other than my ten year stint in the army. I've you know pushed the line back and forth on either side of it of health. But uh, I was I was bullied a lot as a kid, like just being a fat kid, glasses, curly hair, which uh, you can't really see because my hair is kind of short. But as it grows, did I hit? Oh, good. we're good. All right. So as my hair grows, I grow the Jufro. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a good look. Like a little dicky, but like you know, plus two hundred pounds. Oh, yeah. So I, I've always been bullied. Like I've never been. I'll never front and say that hey, I was a cool kid in school back in the day. Uh, my last two or three years of high school, like I had, you know, pretty good stint. You know, I, I finally found my place and I fit in the right way. 
But Lou Ferrigno, a little history for y'all, if y'all don't know. Lou Ferrigno, um, in the movie Pumping Iron, he's the guy who's trying to come up and take uh, Arnold's uh, title. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. But, I mean, the story is almost 50 years old. If you don't know it, <laughs> that's on you. Yeah. Quick as hell. yeah, if you don't know the story, that's on you. Uh, it's like people who are like still upset about if you spoil the ending of Game of Thrones. Hey, man, don't like, do it. Don't se- do it. Don't season do 8 it. ended don't like two it. or three years ago. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for you. Cause, I mean, I'm on season like four. <laughs> oh, man, there's eight seasons. Dude, you're way hey, behind. Look, you're almost look, 10 years behind at this point. Look, man. But, <laughs> but um, I'm getting there. I mean, I was watching this fucking interview uh, when they when they were filming the movie The Hobbit mm-hmm. with a dude who did the I don't remember, but at the end of it, he was in the interview talking about uh, Smog gets defeated, the dragon. I think in the story he gets defeated, and the interviewer was like, "Hey man, spoiler alert, bro!" And they were like, or he said. Um, the book's been out for almost 80 years. If you don't know the ending of the story, like that, that's on you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I feel. But you personally, like, I know you and everything we've talked about it. So, like, <laughs> I got faith. One of these days, you're going to finish Game of Thrones. One of these days. Which is a good story. Anybody who's mad about the last season, because a lot of people were super butthurt about last season. I need I've, to get back to it, because I, I low-key finished all my yeah. shows that I've been watching. But uh, shout-out to everyone out there. If you were offended by the uh, finale of Game of Thrones, it's probably because your parents raised you, I don't want to say to be a bitch, but whatever Damn, like PC you, you way cut that, up. You cut yeah, up. Whatever PC Damn. way that you can phrase that to not sound like you're a bitch, that's what I mean. Because that's messed I'm, up. Because there's nobody at the table right now to defend up. the other yeah. half. Like was, we don't know yeah. what's going no, no. on. I didn't watch it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what, else, what else? Did you ever watch the show at all? A little bit, like the first season. Well, you know, well, you're not like invested. No. Like if you made like one through three, maybe one through five, then if you think the Hound is the hero of the story, then you're invested. That's a good gauge for yourself. If you think the Hound's a douche, then you're not invested. You're okay. Hero though. Well, no, but I'm not. We don't gotta go. I'm not spoiling that, the end. He's not the hero. He, you know, spoiler, he dies. But not the end though. So, but basically, what I'm getting back to, I don't lost where I was getting at. But talking about your parents raising you right or anything like that. If you're that emotionally invested in something that you don't have any effort or energy into, then I'm sorry to say it. Like that's on your parents. They raise someone who's emotionally invested. So let me um <laughs> We can probably edit this out. Yeah, you know, I'll say where I was going. I was going with that. Say, Damn. <laughs> oh, dude, I, had a, I had a huge lead off. I did I had a huge lead off. <laughs> well, you. I mean, my dad was never around. Damn. So I'm gonna bring it back to uh uh your business and okay. social media. Um how how important how important is social media to you? Yeah, what is, what is the main outlet you use? For your business, well, for my, uh, the main thing that gets me the most customers is Facebook. Yeah, but uh, I've noticed a lot more growth on Instagram, like I previously stated. But Instagram or uh, Facebook has the most consistent uh, customers coming in. Like that's the most I get discovered a lot on Instagram. But Facebook, I don't know what it is about the algorithm or anything. But most people, if they give me a follow on Facebook. Nine times out of ten, they're going to place an order. Yeah. Instagram yeah. is mostly people looking for just entertainment. 
and inspiration, I feel like, on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm not going to hate on people that see my work and decide they want to be inspired to do their own type of work because I get a lot of my, <laughs> excuse me, I get a lot of my inspiration from Instagram and YouTube. So, I mean, I mean to boil it down, uh, time I put in versus dollars I receive, I would say uh, Facebook is the most uh, important. But I get the most engagement from Instagram. Now, let me ask you this. Do you put the same content out on all of the different outlets? Like, do you put the same photos up? The, the end result, I do. So like the finish, there's a, in the woodworking business and I'm sure there's some translation you can use from the music industry to the woodworking industry to any industry. There's the beauty shot, like the, the final product at the end. Mm. That's where you stage your photos. So like if I did build a dining table for you, like you were asking earlier. Mm-hmm. So like when I got done, uh, the final shot that I would post on my Facebook would be the final shot once it's delivered, all the tables, chairs installed, Maybe placemats, some notional plates, uh, like uh, centerpiece arrangement, stuff like that. Like the legitimate beauty shot. Like, hey, this is what you can build if you go through me. Like, this is the, your end result. Instagram, on the other hand, I do post the beauty shot at the end, which I do use the uh, filters and everything on Instagram to edit my photos I use for Facebook. Because I'm just not as good on computers. Like, you know, I, I previously stated. So you stated, do everything yourself? Yeah, I do. I feel like it would be more beneficial cost-wise to me if I hired out, you know, somebody to do my editing and stuff like that, or maybe even bite the bullet and hire a professional photographer mm-hmm. to do like legitimate beauty shots. Mm-hmm. And it's it boils down to the whole Superman complex. Like, why would I pay someone to do something I could do myself? Yeah. But you gotta you gotta weigh that. That comes into your overhead, like I was talking about earlier. Like, what are you paying versus what are you charging? Because, I mean, I'll be 100% upfront. I charge $25 an hour as my labor. Like, that's what I view myself, my worth. Now, that's, that, that is a rule of thumb. Uh, some projects I do, I do charge maybe $10 an hour because if it's something just real quick, cheesy, easy. Uh, there's other stuff I'm doing, like uh, like finish molding in a hotel lobby. Um, upfront, I charge $100 an hour for that. Just because finished molding, if you know anything about the carpentry world, like a finished carpenter is the peak performance. That's like if you're a high school football player, then finished carpentry is the NFL. Like that's your bread and butter, rather, that's your end goal. Now you gotta be real with yourself. Are you really worth that value as a person? Because no matter what business you're running at all, you have to bullet back to like you have to look back on yourself. Are you really worth what you're asking for. And that's where you got to have that conversation with you, conversation with God, no matter whatever you're feeling. Are you legitimately worth what you're asking? Because there's a lot of people who are in my business, my space, every, uh, not my space, the social media, but mm-hmm. my area of expertise, who overvalue what they have. And they're, they quote themselves, they 100% in their heart believe they are worth $150 an hour. And... They're not. Maybe $60 an hour, maybe $50 an hour. Mm-hmm. But anyone out there listening right now, go to Facebook Marketplace, the little tab, whatever you click it, look at Rustic American Flag, and you will see a giant variety of prices. You'll see some running for $30 an hour. You'll see some running for $200. Uh, or not an hour, uh, final price tag. 
which I charge 80 bucks an hour, uh, 80 bucks each for mine if they're simple, just because I know what I'm worth. I know the level of quality I give. I know I can't charge $200. I know I can't charge $100 just because I know who else is out there. But that's because I use stains, paint, stuff like that to get my colors. But um, it all boils down to you need to have that conversation with yourself and full honesty, full reflection, like legitimately, what are you worth as a person? What do you bring to the table? Yeah. Which case in point, like um, if it boils back to down to starting your business, one of the first things you need to come up with is are you good at what you're doing? And then right after that, it's, let's uh, say number three, like, are you good at what you're doing is number one. Will people pay for what you're doing is number two. What is your business name is number three, right? And you can't you can't paint yourself into a corner, which I kind of did with my business name. My business name is Warhorse Woodshop, which is my bread and butter. Why um, do you feel like it painted you in, like, into a corner? Well, case in point, um, a uh, good thing that's out right now, really popular uh, with dining tables and conference tables, like I previously mentioned that I'm into, it's wooden tabletops, but steel bases, right, with metal, right? Now, as Warhorse Woodshop, that negates the steel opportunity. That that basically assumes that everything I build is 100% wood. Even if I, like I uh, mentioned to you earlier about the fucking the podcast table doing wireless uh, charging ports, doing all this wiring, all this funneling, everything like that, that's all electronics. That's not wood. So now I have to step my game up a level further to get the confidence in people that I am good at electronics and wiring as much as I am as good as wood. Yeah. Because I've named myself Warhol's Woodshop. Even though I was, I was successful, let's say like peak performance. The fucking Kim Kardashian calls me, right? She's got a new house. She wants to retrofit her closet and her bedroom and her kitchen uh, dining room. And she wants me to be the lead design, lead manufacturer on everything. But she understands my name is Warhorse Woodshop. And in my naming of my business, I've told her I'm the lead, the HMFIC, the head motherfucker in charge of wood. But now I'm trying to explain to her that I'm good at electronics, I'm good at steel, everything like that. It pulls down to that. So a better name, which when I chose my YouTube handle, because I understood that I could grow, I could expand past wood and everything like that, that I named my YouTube uh, handle Warhorse Builds. So that way it encompasses all builds, anything like that. So I didn't paint myself into a quarter with my YouTube channel. Which I'll get there one day. But... When you pick your name for your business, uh, so if you want to be like um, a, a big thing that happened in the carpentry slash woodworking foothold about two, three years ago, which normal people versus famous people, Instagrammers, YouTube, what's popular is usually if it's popular on YouTube or Instagram, it's usually going to be popular with a normal person about another two or three years after that. But about if you rewind the clock about two three years ago, it got real cool to do uh, pallet designs, like you know build this coffee table using recycled pallets, build this end table, build this pool out of pallets because pallets are usually free. In which anybody out there who's paying money for pallets, you're being robbed. Go to the next door over, you'll find pallets for free. Find the industrial complex of your city; they're throwing away pallets. At my side job, I do. There's literally 
That was third voice crack. Yeah, you saw that? <laughs> I was hoping you'll notice that. But uh, I, behind my shop I work at now part-time, there's about 40 or 50 pallets out back. You, you've seen it, boom. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what I yeah. was talking about earlier, how I wanted my bed on like a pallet. Yeah. Yeah, like just put my mattress on that one. Yeah, which it's it's real cheap. It's mm-hmm. functional for the introduction into uh, woodworking. Mm-hmm. It's a solid base. But you should always keep it as a base. Never try to take it further to professional grade or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So all that encompassed in all, if you're going to name your business, name your business for what you are and what you could be. Like your name right here, man, Fresh Star Radio. Which I would have named it Fresh Start Media, me personally, just because I've learned that lesson. I know there's room for growth. So running a YouTube channel or mixtapes, anything like that, radio has, has a connotation that you're podcast only. Well, it's just a, a subdivision. Well, yeah, I mean, I got I'm just small judgmental, not huge judgmental, just a little bit. <laughs> so anyone out there, if you're trying to come up with a thing, like let's say you do decide... You know where a bunch of pallets are. You want to start building coffee tables out of pallets, right? Don't name yourself uh, like Jacob's Pallet Coffee Table Designs because that's good for right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm building pallets or building coffee tables out of pallets. But three, four years from now, when I'm trying to support my whole family, I'm trying to tell my wife, you know, hey, I need you to quit my job so you can be my secretary or my sales liaison or anything like that. Like 100%, this is all me. I'm ready to hire three or four employees. Building coffee tables out of pallets isn't going to work long term. That's good for right now. But once this trend is over, which if you actually follow woodworking, it's the same with music. Which, I don't know the exact names of it, but you can actually, if you actually pay attention to music and you're like me, you're kind of ignorant to the the bars, designs, uh, the beat drops, whatever it's called. I'm not sure the technical vocabulary. But if you look at it, you'll see that like the music that's come out this year in the past three or four years is kind of sounds similar if you boil it down to the generics of it, like the beat, the treble. Well, that's because everyone's sampling. Yeah. Band. Well, I mean, yeah. But if you rewind it 10 years ago or 20 years ago, the music back then isn't the same as the music now. Yeah. But if you market yourself as Fresh Start, uh, Migos, Soundalikes. Which I feel like the Migos, are the Migos still relevant? Yeah. Migos? They just dropped, yeah. they just dropped a little project. Yeah, see, so. I really don't think anyone's fucking with Migos, though, if we're being honest. Well, Not I mean, together. I feel like each one of them is on their own thing now. So. But I feel like, all right, so real talk, Offset, motherfucking, keeps getting shot or caught cheating. So that's just really what people are associating with him. Quavo graduated high school and has, like, these super cheesy... Yeah. Photos all over the internet right now. I mean, I'm gonna come clean. I don't really listen to that much new music. Yeah. Like, I need someone like you or like Deco to, you know, say, hey, man, have you heard this new song? And like, they'll play me a song. What's, what's your, like, what do you like? What do you listen to? I mean, you can ask Boom. He's heard my playlist before. It's all over the it's place. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, I listen to I listen to some German He's industrial. Like a white Julian. German industrial. White Julian? You're a white Julian. I don't know who Julian is. is oh, that, white that Julian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Julian's cool, though. But, like, uh, I listen to some German industrial, I listen to some 80s thrash metal, I listen to some early 2000s harmonics, I listen to Mongolian heavy metal, which, I mean, you've heard a couple, which, shout out to The Who, H-U, uh, not The Who, W-H-O, that's an early 70s, 80s band. 
But they're Mongolian heavy metal, which sounds super fucking weird. But it, it hits, though. Yeah, it's like... It's like how I talk, I guess. Yeah. What? Yeah, really. Which, you know, shout out to that... Uh, I don't know the then the I, rating on your. Hey, pull up a song, bro. Oh, okay, pull up a song. Ah, here's my radio. Uh, you want English or you want just full? The same one you showed me at work. Okay, so let me uh, you know, shout All out right. to free downloads. You, you thought it was a joke, like you gonna see like yes, yeah, no, like weird. legit Mongolian. Hold on, let me take a sip of my water first. <laughs> so, all right, man. The one I wanna play is called You've You've You. Right, that's their most popular. But they also have Wolf Totem, which is the second most popular. And then you have Shug Shug, The Great Chinggis Khan, or The Song of Women, which I'll let you pick. Uh, matter of fact, Tico, this one's on you. So anybody who doesn't like the music I play, it's 100% on Tico. It's 100% oh, man. on Tico. Wait, well, yeah. what did you, what song did you introduce to Boom? That's what I want to hear. No, he listened to everything. I, um... Boom and I have a, have a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. Is that a proper yeah. back for it? Like, you listen to all of it? Yeah. Like, well, no, I'll listen to my you own music. Like he, he pops in and pops out on me, checks in on me, and, you know, stuff like that. And But I also listen to a lot of Puerto Rican reggae. Um, no, like, I'm going to hear the Mongolian. My, my music is all over the place, so he pops in and pops out, like, yeah. throughout the verse. One day we worked together all day. I went through my whole playlist. And I want to say I, I opened with Holly Hendrix. Oh, no, that's a porn star. I don't know this girl's name. <laughs> I want to say it's like Holly Henderson, something like that. <laughs> but she's, she's got a beautiful vocals. You know, she has a very nice, pleasant voice. It's very calming. But I don't want to say it was girly music, but it's very girly music. I went from there to like Beethoven's fourth <laughs> to, yeah. I, my, you know, his, his playlist is Yeah, my playlist is all over Okay, well, that's what I'm asking you. I'm like, asking you to play, but you were talking about, like, you know, what's he exposed to? He's no, exposed that's what I'm saying. to whatever song he, whatever. My, my broad spectrum. So, I want to say the best, the most hidden is probably either You, 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 or Wolf Totem. Let's try Wolf Totem. Let's Wolf Totem? Yeah. All right, now. I'll make sure I, to link the audio so yeah. everyone can hear it, too. Now, before I play this, they, uh, this Mongolian band does have an introduction to American music. And they, um, the Wolf Totem that we're about to play, it's going to be 100% in Mongolian. But they do have a separate version with Jacoby, whatever his last name is. He's a dude from Pop, Papa Roach. If you're a fan of the early 2000s, yeah, you know, okay. Cut My Life Into Pieces. Um, they do a separate version in English, and they just released another version of the Song of Women with an English version of it. But I go hardcore. And uh, before I hit play on this, I just want to explain... That music is a tool, right? Anything in your life, you should view it as a tool. Because, I mean, I am a carpenter. I'm a woodworker. I work with a lot of tools. But I, I, I view everything in my life, I value everything in my life as a tool. So you got to look at your values of everything in the forms of a tool. Some things are good for very special, specific situations. Like I have a half-over uh, cove... Uh, plane shaver mm -hmm. it's very specific I use that thing maybe once a year and the same with my I do a lot of mechanic work working on cars I have a tie rod separator that's specifically catered to Hondas I use that thing maybe once every 10 years but it's a very valuable tool I have in my toolbox when I do use it it's it's priceless It's I can't put a price tag on it 
But the rest of the year, it's just useless shit sitting on the shelf. And I view everyone in my life the exact same way. Some people are very valuable. Like I have a buddy, uh, Josh Krigger. We called him Krigger. He's a, a critter. It's a buddy I met in the Army. He's just a dude I call if I ever have any problems with the Chevrolet. Like, uh, like let's say you drove an old box Chevy and it broke yeah. down at work. I would, call, I would call him like if it broke down. Like, that's his value to me. Like, he's the guy I call. I keep in touch with him annually just in case I know anyone who has a Chevy that breaks down. Jacob. What's up? How does this tie to the Mongolia? Oh. <laughs> Did I was on a tangent, man? Yeah, I was on a tangent? Man. All right. So, I'm going to play Wolf Totem. All right. Great. All right. I don't know how close I got to hold it to the microphone. Oh, you don't have to worry ads. about that. I'll, I'll um, link it as it plays. Okay. Well, I got a fucking ab because I'm too cheap to pay for like legit downloads. Oh, YouTube uh, premium that they be trying to push on you every month? Dude, I hate how YouTube, I get commercials on YouTube for YouTube premium. Like, are you tired of commercials? Choose YouTube premium. Like, how about just, you know, be legit? All right, well, here it goes. It's one of them, yeah. Which anytime I'm working, I really enjoy not understanding the language. Because I just focus on beat. Yeah, it's like workout music. Yeah, this is not getting the zone. Like, get prepped, get ready. So it'll be amazing. Like, so we work with like hella different ethnicities at work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like this white man alone in the work, or alone in the apartment playing this type of music. It'd be real funny when like the painters and shit walk in. Well, it's some music. I listen, I, like, I listen to Plan B, which is the name of the band. I listen to them and the other like Americans that come in, like black, white, whatever. They come in, they hear me listen to Hispanic music, and they're like, "Damn, the painters must love this guy." So I'm listening to like you know Spanish music, but the actual painters, which most of the painters that work on my job site are uh, Mexican. Plan B is Puerto Rican. Or, I don't want to say it's because I listen to a lot of Puerto Rican with that guy. There it is. But, uh, I listen to a lot of Puerto Rican with that guy, like I was saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know the, uh, gist of it. It's not that bad, though. Like, I was expecting something different. I definitely work out to this shit. Yeah, like, it's. I could, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that draws back to what I was saying about the, you know view everything as tools because I've used music as tools. Some music I listen to while I'm working out. Some music I listen to while I'm driving. Some music I listen to while I'm working. And like when I'm in the shop turning everything out, like uh, you know, shout out to Lil Dicky because anytime any of his music comes, up, I listen to a lot of YouTube uh, music and stuff like that, like playlist. Yeah. If Lil Dicky's on, I'm gonna sit down and watch his music video because his music videos are next level. Like, I do enjoy the story that's going on. 
His show so, was nice. Yeah. Uh, the dude, show was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, shout out to Dave. You haven't watched Dave yet? No. Uh, dude, Come Dave on, is hilarious. Man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, it. go home. Yo, and, and to draw it, and it's connected back. This is the show I've seen. Yeah, and connected back to the woodworking. There's, I think it's like episode two, episode three, something about his girl thinks he's into like eating ass or something. She makes a fucking table. She builds a table for eating ass. <laughs> and she was like, I, I found some guy locally. He builds these tables. Which, you know, if you've got a market for people who need tables to have for like eating ass or milking. Were you, you know, thinking about putting out like a special ad? Like if you need this. You know, shout out to anybody in the local Savannah, Pembroke, Hinesville Chatham County, Bryan County area. If you need a table for milking or eating ass, like I'm not gonna post it on my Instagram, <laughs> Jake, but I'll build it. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? <laughs> uh, I'm on Facebook, Warhorse Woodshop. Warhorse is one word, and then uh, Instagram, Warhorse Woodshop, all one word. That's where you can find me. Warhorse, W A R H O R S E. War. Do you have a Horse. website? I did. I was running one, and then once this coronavirus uh, chipped up and everything started slowing down, I was looking at my cost and everything because as a responsible business owner, you should view where are you hemorrhaging money, where are you gaining money. And I view the website as a way for people to just you know see extra. But I'm still gaining most of my sales off of Facebook, and it's free. Mm-hmm. So I dialed down my website. I'm... I'm I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna relaunch my website probably here in the next week or two. Okay. So it'll be back to full stick. Oh man, I got the hiccups. <laughs> what's oh. the what's the what's the easiest way to get in contact with you? What's your preferred? Um, just because the way I have my Galaxy set up, uh, my phone um, war- on Facebook is the easiest way to get in talk- contact with me. But if you want to see like a, a peek behind the curtains, I do a lot more behind the builds, like you know, in progress shots, stuff like that, with uh, Instagram and my stories on Instagram. Okay. Well, shit. I appreciate you for coming down and uh, uh, checking out the Fresh Start Studio and sharing with us your stories and uh, your business. I can't wait for you to build the next podcast table for us. Oh, man. I'm so game. I, I legitimately appreciate being here, though. No, we're going to uh, document the whole process, too, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I'm uh, going to, like, we, we need to talk. Once I, like, get my dining room cleared out, which is supposed to happen between today and tomorrow. Yeah, which I'm, I'm totally game for doing your uh, your dining room. I'm but serious. the next podcast studio, like, when you do expand, you're ready to grow your podcast studio, do the whole thing. Yeah. Like, at the very minimum, that will be my first YouTube video. Okay. Like, even if I don't do one before then, I will document that. I will. He's like, I'm holding it. Yeah. Yeah, That's going to be Even if in the last case scenario, that will be my first YouTube video that I publish. I feel it. All right, everybody, don't forget to go like, comment, and subscribe below. Um, You can obviously check him out on Facebook, Instagram. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, it's Fresh Start Radio. We out. All right. Uh-huh.